Around the same time that my ex and I were undergoing um, eviction from my mother's home and the loss of our son upon his birth, another thing, well, several things happened. The dog across the street got hit by a truck um, or a car bolting out into the street like it, uh, anyway. The, uh, our postal service carrier person, a woman, got a leg injury, leaping rocks <laughs> over the weekend. <coughs> and my cousin, um, Ronnie Raskin, he lost his life of kidney failure. And if you get a high enough dosage of antifreeze poisoning... Your kidneys just fail you and that's it. You're dead within a few days. If you don't get such a massive dosage, more like what I got, a small amount over a long period of time, you just come down with various risks of cancer because of the, of the mutation that has occurred. Because that's what antifreeze is capable of doing. <coughs> now, it tastes sweet, I'm told from what I've read but it has no order it cannot be broken down by the body it cannot be broken down by mother nature and that's why it's used well that's half the reason why it's used in um, I mean you'll avoid your warranty if you try to use something else such as Sierra Freeze which is a kissing cousin chemically speaking but is not toxic it's even used in uh, cosmetics <coughs> be that as it may so, I think there's a death wish on the part of uh, automobile manufacturers to make sure that uh, we kill ourselves one way or another. And what, what a nice way to do it. So, I think that's what happened to my cousin. I'll take a guess. I'll venture a guess. And here's the reason why. That somebody decided to poison him, give him a sweet treat, or put it in one of his desserts. Um, the guy was physically fit. He ran. He jogged regularly. And he did TM regularly twice a day, and he went one step further, like George Harrison, who also went one step further and promoted TM in the form of a political party <coughs> based originally in, in England. George Harrison came down with cancer and had a, a brutal uh, affair with a uh, burglar which only hastened to uh, stress him and kill him uh, sooner than he would have otherwise. But my cousin was promoting TM in the prisons. <clears throat> he was working as a counselor, and he managed to somehow get authorization for the prisoners, a small group within the prison that he worked at, to, they, you know, they brought in a TM teacher. They hired or paid them somehow <coughs> to teach TM to anybody who was interested. And then my cousin would um, stage these group meetings to make sure that everybody did their program on a regular basis, on a timely basis. And so they'd meditate. They'd have group meditations. And I suspect this was bad for a certain type of business. I'll, I'll call it a generic name, not intending it to mean anything specific, because I like it. It's a, it's a nice generic metaphor. 
So I choose the word mafia. And I choose it because it's bad for business if, you, if you're part of the underworld, let's say, and you want to use prisons as your proving ground for new recruits or returning recruits. It's kind of like Club Med for thieves because they can go and hone up on their talents. Why? Because prison is made to be such an extreme, stressful, dangerous place to live. I mean, you could lose your life there on a whim <clears throat> or on a contract. And I think that's what happened. The contract got taken out of my cousin because he was ruining the ambiance by making it better. Duh. You know? I mean, removing the stress, taking away future recruits, you know. And one thing that uh, monopolists can't stand is anybody who uh, undermines their monopoly of their little business in their neck of the woods, whatever that happens to be. It could be big neck of the woods. It doesn't matter what the scope is. But if they consider themselves top dog or the only dog, the last thing they want is some upstart undermining their business, undermining their client base. So I think that's what happened. Um, because it makes rational sense. And not enjoying a void, I never do enjoy them, I prefer to speculate. Uh, wildly, if necessary, using my creative imagination, but upholding logic based on whatever facts I can garner and they may be inadequate facts there may be other overriding facts that changes the whole picture I don't care and I don't know I, if I knew about them I'd include them and change my opinion but as I what limited knowledge I have about what goes on inside of prisons suffice to say it sounds like a credible speculation as far as I'm concerned and it's a sorry state statement it's a sorry statement of the state of affairs of society our society, outside of prison, that prison should become that for the criminals who go there. Not what the judge had in mind, unless he's a crooked judge who put them there on purpose, for that purpose. Uh, oh, let's send them to that, that particular prison. It is very well known for blah, blah, blah. Except Ronnie had to be there. Right in the middle of it all. Oh, well. I miss you, Ronnie. He, he was a very upbeat guy. He always tried to keep an uplifting spirit. I mean, his father was an alcoholic. His mother died of a brain tumor when I was in summer camp. So, and his sister is stressed. Let's put it, tweaked. Well, well who is it? I'm tweaked. Come on, you know. That's probably why she and I got along so well playing... Uh, cards, uh, either war or fish. There's the only two games we knew. Um, yeah, I liked it when she came over to visit. It was enjoyable. <clears throat> anyway, so they had it pretty rough, to put it mild. Uh, we used to go over there for Thanksgiving dinners, and I remember vividly that the Lewis Carroll uh, Through the Looking Glass, I believe it was, would be aired at the same time, the black and the black and white version, not the updated version. Um, so we'd see that 
and we'd eat dinner and I distinctly remember her mother's admonition that I was not allowed to drink milk with the meal and I'm, I'm thinking to myself what's the, what's the point of having it on the table <laughs> in my glass to tempt me I mean it's, it's there for a reason right I'm supposed to drink it right <laughs> I want to drink it because <laughs> I wanted to fill up on milk he said no no don't fill up on milk you want to eat the food no I don't I don't like food <laughs> I'd rather drink milk and wait for the cookies to arrive and leave it at that or the pie or whatever dessert is I was on a Santa Claus diet as a child. That's pretty much all I ate was cookies and uh, sweets and milk. <clears throat> and occasional sip from the bottom of the salad bowl, whatever salad dressing was remaining at the bottom, I'd drink it. Me and my brother would uh, compete for that salad dressing. Oh, we both wanted to curdle our stomachs with all that vinegar. But that was about all I ever ate. I couldn't chew anything else. I guess she didn't know that my mouth was faulty. Yeah, eating was not a pleasant affair when I was a child. I never enjoyed it. Anyway, um, so I guess I, I, I needed to say that because I don't feel good that... And I had the intuition that when I was losing my son and being kicked out of my mother's home that when I heard about my cousin, um, I was informed inside that I wouldn't get it so bad. Well, I, <laughs> I already went through it. But, um, anyway. Uh, well, that I wouldn't get, get it so bad because it seemed like everybody was getting the out, what do you call it, the outsourcing of my karma along with me as if to share the burden as if to, uh, I shouldn't have to share all of it because it was a lot a lot of hatred a lot of hatred so some of it went to many other parties several of oh and my mom's first cousin got a stroke all of this at the same time it's not coincidence <laughs> no way too many different things all at once but that's a lot. That's a lot of uh, not-so-happy coincidences, if you want to put it that way. Um, I forgot about my cousin Lillian Siskin. That's right. She used to come out every year to visit her family who was here, and I'd get to visit with her. Very strong personality. A choo-choo train personality. Leave you in her wake, my God. She was... She must have had... A, a dozen, the equivalency of a dozen adrenal glands by comparison to the, a normal person. It was remarkable, the stamina that woman had. Unbelievable, remarkable. Both a mathematician and a concert pianist by training who worked on the Manhattan Project without knowing about it at the time, checking, double-checking uh, their figures in a pool of people doing just that. Until afterwards, when the bomb went off in Bimini Atoll, then that's when she realized what she had been checking. <laughs> she wasn't quite sure, but uh, afterwards she knew. <clears throat> oh well, she helped usher in the, uh, the, the atomic age. She and a bunch of other people, whether they knew it or not. Anywho, boy, I, I rambled, don't I? <laughs> 
But anyway, that's it.